available though something that can be a true equalizer in your life and that is your free public education. With it you can help provide a future for not only you but your family. And welcome to Letters from the Lunchroom, a podcast by Communities and Schools of Mid-America. I'm your host, Victoria Partridge. Communities and Schools is a nationwide nonprofit which connects students and their families to local resources in order to remove barriers so that they will have greater success in school and in life. During this podcast, we talk to people who have a relationship with our organization. From students to staff members and alumni to volunteers, we know that people who connect with nonprofits have a story that led them there, and we want to know that story. So today's episode, we are featuring Jim Edwards of Topeka, Kansas. I have met Jim once and only for a moment, but I've actually heard quite a bit about him, at least in regards to him as a volunteer for communities and schools. So that is how I met him. We held an award ceremony a couple of years ago in Topeka, and Jim and his wife, Ethel, were both receiving the uh, Outstanding Volunteer Award. And I thought whenever I was thinking of people that I wanted to bring onto this podcast, I thought, you know what, these two would be perfect. I really want to know what their story is. I want to know what got them connected to communities and schools. And I want to know kind of um, how it's impacted their lives. And so I reached out to Jim and Ethel and uh, we have one half of that dynamic duo with us today. So we've got Mr. Jim Edwards with us and he will be sharing his story and how he got connected with communities and schools uh, and really kind of what, how he truly feels about our program and what we have to offer. And it's pretty awesome. So please stay tuned as we head into the lunchroom. So I just want to start by saying hi and welcome to the lunchroom, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome. Well, you know what this podcast is about and um, what the purpose is here. And so what I want to know is a little bit more about more about you and uh, to know what got you started with communities and schools. I know a little bit about you and I know that you received an award at the All In for Kids ceremony that we did a couple years ago. But other than that, I don't really know much about you. So um, if you would, please tell me what initially got you started with communities and schools. Um, I knew about the program, but uh, when I retired uh, about seven, eight years ago, a friend of mine that I had uh, worked with in my previous uh, work had uh, was working for communities and school then, a person by the name of Terry Leatherman. And, uh, um, but he had worked, uh, he and I had worked together at the Kansas Chamber and we both lobbied there. And uh, so anyway, I was retired and I just I happened to see Terry and he said, boy, Jim, he said, he said, I think I've got something that you'd really be interested in. I said, well, Terry, I, I, I'll tell you, I'm not looking to take anything immediately. And he said, well, I just need help for one for one day. And I said, OK, tell me what it is. And he told me a little bit about the program. At that time, it was known as Reality U. 
Uh, it's now known as Future Now Finance. And so anyway, I told Terry, I said, I'll, I'll do it for that day. And, and he said, fine. He says, I won't. He said, I won't bug you again. And I said, great. <laughs> and so I did that one day and uh, I did the next day also because I had so much fun doing it. And I've been doing them ever since here in Topeka. I believe in the program. I believe it's, uh, it's probably the best uh, and I'll call it economics education. It really is life economics education program that I've seen, and one that the the youth really seem to be engaged in. And also, uh, I believe it it really gives them some hands on experience. So, absolutely. And so, for those of you who are listening who are unfamiliar with this event, Communities and Schools has a financial literacy program called Future Now Finance, um, previously called Reality U. And um, like I mentioned, this is a financial literacy program. And so it gives students who are around the age of 16 the opportunity to live the life of a 26-year-old for a period of a day, so about an hour and a half, which is how long it takes for the students to go through this um, event. Previous to them going into the event, they fill out a lifestyle survey. And during the survey, they outline what they think their lives will be whenever they turn 26 years old. So whether or not they think that they will be married, whether or not they think that they will have kids, how they'll use money, will they go out to dinner and put that on a credit card, um, and also what kind of job they want. And I think that's kind of the cool part because... um, we take their current GPA at the time of them filling out the survey, and then we match them up to a job that really is appropriate for whatever GPA they have. And then we also give them a salary for that particular job. And then when the kids actually go into the event, what they do is they are given a sheet that tells them whether or not they are married, because we do factor in that 40% of couples get divorced, whether or not they have children or they did not have children, um, do they pay child support, um, that sort of thing. And then we give them their salary for the day and they take that salary and they go around to these different booths that are manned by volunteers and they go and they purchase their car and then their car insurance, their home, childcare if they have kids, um, they go around and they pay pick out um, their cell phone plan, their entertainment for the month, et cetera. And it really gives them an opportunity to see how money is truly spent and whether or not they need to go back and do some changes in how they currently plan on spending their money. And so this is the event that Jim is talking about. He volunteers to work one of the booths. And I've had the opportunity to work these booths before, and I've worked a bunch of different ones. And anybody that I've ever talked to who's worked at this event, um, whether it be a staff member, a volunteer, or somebody from the school, they've always raved about it. Um, It's a really exciting and fun thing for volunteers to work at, but they also really rave about the impact that it has on the kids. And every single one of them wishes that they would have had something like this whenever they were going to school because the rest of us just had to learn it in real life where the stakes and the risks that you're taking have such greater repercussions than just, you know, an hour and a half of your time that day and spending out all your money and then realizing, oh no, I have to change what my plan is. I might add one thing, Victoria. Uh, the uh, if if somebody wants to volunteer for this, I need to really tell them that they're probably going to do it more than once, and they're going to fall in love with it. Everybody that that I've brought in uh, to help uh, since I started working with it uh, is still doing it. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, if if you like working with youth, uh, and it really is, it's a tremendous opportunity to get in schools in your area. Uh, but but you'll get hooked. 
Um, and, and it really is not only from standpoint that I, I believe people will enjoy it, but they will also see the benefit. And that's really what keeps bringing me back. Awesome. So how many years have you been doing this event with us? Uh, seven years. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> and I've, uh, my wa- and I, <laughs> when my wife retired, um, I told her, you know, you ought to come and do this. Well, she's still doing it too. And you mentioned early on that we, that I was given an award. Really, it was given to both of us uh, by communities and schools. And uh, she then <laughs> has since recruited other folks. And it is a, uh, it is a program that, that is extremely valuable and, uh, uh, I might I might add if I can if I if I have a moment um, there's a business here in Topeka that uh, gives time to their employees to get involved in community events Absolutely. or community affairs and uh, the one of the principals of that firm uh, end up uh, being at uh, one of the events we held here at Highland Park and I went over and talked to him and said, it's great seeing you here. And he says, well, he said, I'll tell you why. He said, I wanted to be here. He said, we, at the beginning of every quarter, we hang up on our bulletin board, a list of community projects that that we would like to have our folks become involved in. And he said, it's like a feeding frenzy. He said, this, this program is immediately filled up. And he said, all the other ones, he said, will eventually be filled. But he said, this one, he said, so I came to see exactly why people were that interested in the program. And, and after the, the end of that day, I said, well, what do you think? He says, I see why. And so, I, you know, when you have a principal of a, of a 500 person plus firm showing up themselves to do it and walking out that day saying, well, I can see what this does and, and, and I can see why my employees are impressed with it. Um, it's a good program. So It is. And I know that sometimes when people are getting that call to volunteer for things, that they're like, oh, this is going to be awful. This is going to be boring. But it's really fun. We continuously have volunteers tell us how much they love the program. They just, they enjoy sitting at the booth and talking to the kids. Um, because the kids who come in, the students, they're really funny sometimes. They are shocked at how much child care is sometimes. They are shocked Um how much childcare is. They sometimes realize that they can't have that really expensive car, but they have to go back and get a used car um, because they have to have money to pay for childcare because they've got babies. And I just think it's really valuable. And I love having the opportunity to interact with the kids and to help them learn some really real life knowledge that they may not otherwise get until they're out in the real world. And so to be prepared to have that kind of knowledge and, and to practice with it in a safe setting is really nice. But I wanted to bring up something. So you mentioned Highland Park, which if you haven't had the opportunity to to check out, you should definitely check out our episode with Michael Williams, who's the site coordinators out there at Highland Park, and which is actually one of our listener favorites. It's got some of the highest uh, listens. So Michael's just an amazing site coordinator and amazing personality. And what he does out there is really, really great. And I'm sure you had the opportunity to meet him. I have. And in fact, I met him when he was at Topeka West. Yeah. He moved from Topeka West over to Highland Park. So, Yes. And then did you just say you were doing a Future Now Finance yesterday? Yes. Yes. Um, actually, it was on Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. Um, no, Wednesday. It was at uh, Rossville. Uh, Rossville was, uh, had a one day program. And so they, they were getting people from, 
from that area. But then also uh, uh, Becca asked if uh, if I and, uh, would be interested and also asked Ethel. So we both went out and worked uh, Rossville for uh, for the day. And uh, good good group of good group of youth. Every every place we've gone, um, it's the the youth have been tremendous. So speaking of the youth, have there been any students who have kind of stood out to you and really impacted your work as a volunteer? Yes, um, and that's that's part of what keeps me coming back. Um, I have to say, I've only worked one booth in those seven years. And it's one I started off with. The same one? Just the same booth over and over again? It is. It is. And it's the, it used to be called the SOS table. Um, I often said it probably should be called the SOL table. Uh, but uh, it's now called the financial advising table. And, and financial advising really is a I think somewhat of a misnomer, but it's it's what it what it means is that it's for those students who find that they have challenges and in, in paying their bills because they either have run out of money or maybe haven't budgeted properly. And so I that's been the table I've worked at since I started. I love it. Uh, Becca knows I love it. So that's one I keep ending up at. And so I, I get the opportunity to visit with all of them because they have to stop by all the booths. Uh, so to get a signature and, and I try to, those that I haven't interacted with during the, during the time period that the class was actually participating, uh, because that they needed money or something, those that just come by and say, can you sign my, my slip? I'll say, yeah, I'll sign it for you, but tell me what you learned today. And those are the comments, uh, that, that really keep me coming back. It's some of those that you made already about, uh, about, uh, childcare it's those that uh, students, maybe their parents have been paying for their cell phones and they say, my gosh, I didn't realize that cell phone costs that much. Um, the number that just say, this is, this is great. I've, I've learned that I need to budget my money properly. Those that say, you know, I, I need to get my, my needs first and then look at my wants. Those you say, oh my gosh, you really, you really did get it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's it's those, and I often I often use the phrase, when the eyes are the size of half dollars, you know that they really did get uh, what uh, what uh, was being presented, and and you also touched on the fact that the GPA is used in in assisting to give them what their employment's going to be. It also is used in one other area, and that's for um, the credit score. Which what a what a great way to to when you're interacting with students and they you might have two of them there and one says, well, how come, you know, my friend has a much higher credit score. And I always say, well, I believe what they do is they use your they use your GPA in helping develop that because I said in real life credit scores are developed by basically getting credit and being responsible and having that credit and paying for it. But I said, since you can't do that with this program, I says, what you do is you, they use your GPA. And so it's just, it's, it's one of those silent messages that, that the youth will say, you know, I've got some time to do some things and maybe I should, maybe I should work a little harder because these are going to be the things that influence what I do and, and what I'm going to be when I'm at 26 years of age. So. Absolutely. And so I just want to expand a little bit on what you said there about the uh, GPA and the credit score. And I've had the opportunity to work 
pretty much all of the booths over the years that I've been, you know, assisting with this uh, event. And I think that they're all great. I'm not just saying that, but my favorite booth is the chance booth where kids get to come up to the booth and they roll the dice and whatever number it lands on, it maybe ends up being something good happens to you. Like you um, get the opportunity to have a little extra money in your pocket because you get offered an extra shift or uh, maybe something bad happens to you or you wake up that morning and your tires are flat break an arm and they don't have health insurance. Right. And then that's a huge one. But with the GPA, um, over at both the car and the home, the students have very different potential pricing and financing options. And that is based on their GPA and essentially the credit score that they receive based on their GPA. So you may have student A who has the opportunity to get a studio house for um, a much lower price and a much lower financing option because their credit score is better than student B. And so then the students can kind of have that conversation about the differences in how credit scores can affect them in real life options and in financing different options like cars and homes in the future. And because the kids are always in groups, they're always at least in pairs. So you're seeing what your peers around you are doing in regards to what their credit score is equaling for them and their financing, whether it's better or worse compared to your own. And they get to come up with their own solutions. And I think that's, at least in, at least when they come to my booth, that's what I try to help them do. And at Rossville, uh, most recent example, I had a young person, one of the cars that they can buy is a BMW. And so this young man came back and he said, I, he said, I need some help. And I said, okay, what? And he said, well, he says, I don't have enough money. I, he says, they won't let me, they won't let me, I can't remember whether it was buy supermarket, whatever. He says, I'm, I can't do that. And I said, oh, that's that's too bad. I said, let me take a look at your your form. And so I said, well, there, is there anything on here? And he says, well, he says, you know, he said, I bought that BMW. And he says, he kind of looked at me and he's, he's kind of struggling. And he says, that might have been a dumb move. And I said, well, I said, it's one that I said, you know, at least in this program, it's it's this is just an exercise. So if you learn from that and in real life, I said, you can go take the BMW back in this in, in this program. They allow you to do that, but you automatically lose 10 percent. So he was paying somewhere around eight hundred dollars a month for this car with his insurance. And I said, you're going to lose about eighty dollars. And he says, oh, well. And so I told him, I said, do what you can. I said, he was in a situation, he didn't have children. I said, you can get another, you can get another job. But I said, just use this as a learning experience. He says, boy, he says, I won't make that mistake when I get out. So it's those types of, of, of many learning experiences that, that I get to see every time I do one that you walk out of them saying, this, this was well worth my time and effort. And really, it's just a really nice motivational piece for the kids to do better in school, because if they raise their GPA, then hopefully they will be raising their credit score and just their overall education later on, which is why we approach kids at the age of 16, so that then they have the rest of their high school career to improve their grades and hopefully go on to have good jobs and good credit scores after high school. And I'm sure that Becca has shared this information, um, who is our area director over in Northeast Kansas, uh, at least once or twice with you over the years, Jim, that uh, after every single event that we have, uh, the students who have participated in that program, they fill out a survey to tell us what did they like most about the event, what were their least favorite parts, and what they learned. And it's really, really cool because we have definitely seen a pattern of kids who are 
realizing that they um, no longer want to have children right after high school, that they want to put that off and delay that, that particular choice until after they are a little bit more financially stable or until after they get out of college um, because they realize now how much things cost. And then they also realize how much their parents are paying for certain items such as cell phones. And so we have kids that are becoming more grateful for and aware of what their parents are doing for them financially during their high school career. But also we have parents or kids that are making decisions to put off becoming parents until later on in life. So it's a nice side effect of the program where we have kids who are deciding to wait and and to make different decisions in their life that will be better. And basically just gathering that true, they're truly becoming financially literate, which is great. It is. So what are your favorite CIS memories over the years? Uh, um, one of them, uh, and I go back to, because, and I really do, I, I love working with the youth. Um, they're, every time I walk out, I think, boy, this program's been great. They learned something today. But I also think, you know, this, they are our future. I mean, we often use that a lot of people use that statement, but I really mean it. And I, 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 after experiencing each one of these sessions, it doesn't matter what school I'm in. I say, you know, we're going to be in good hands. These, these are good youth. Um, probably one of the most startling ones, and I, I told Becca about this one, was I, I was in one of the schools and I was having a little bit of, of problems with, with one student who just you know, no, I'm not going to do this. And, I, and then that's fine. I mean, that's, it's, it's your life. It's just, you came to my booth, which was financial advising and you asked what I thought and I told you. And, and uh, so, but it went, went beyond that. And I think it, for him, it was just more, I think he just liked to like to argue. And so day was over, I'm walking out of the school. And as I'm walking out, he's, I can see him, he's kind of off the side and he's with a group of, young men and they had also been in class and one of them points at me he looks over and he he takes his books and he gives them to the other person he comes kind of striding over towards me and i thought okay this is going to be interesting i haven't experienced this before and as he got towards me he held out his hand and he says he said, I want to tell you, he said, number one he said i'm sorry for arguing with you because he said i thought about what you said and you really are right and he said thanks for what you did today and um I kind of get choked up when I talk about that one because those are the types of instances that you you say, you know, you I really did make a difference with the time that I gave to the program that day. So, uh, and there is more than one of those. You, I continually have students that say, thanks for, for being here. Thanks for helping. Um, <laughs> it, it's those, it's those, incidences as well as the memories of those that I think continue to bring me back and continue to bring other people back. As far as other things with communities and schools, I also help with uh, an advisory council for the for the Northeast Kansas uh, communities and schools. And we get to see, you, you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the reports that come out after each of the sessions and uh, to see what the youth are saying in general, um, what uh, even in some specific uh, reports too from from students, you just say 
this program is is truly making a difference in in their lives and the lives of future adults. You're so right. And it's really cool because these podcasts, they're unscripted. I mean, like I have a couple of like general questions, like a skeleton outline of what I could potentially ask, but we don't really talk much beforehand. I just send you, you know, like an email that says like, here's a link to click. Here's what time we're meeting and please write a letter. Um, And so it really blows my mind that every single time without fail, with all the different people, like we have over more than a dozen episodes now. So every single person I talk to, all their different stories, that everybody ends up sharing an example of why it is important to have a caring relationship between the students and an adult. And you just gave me a prime example of the impact that you made on that student by being that caring adult to that student and helping opening their eyes and their mind to the education that you were bringing by showing them respect, by showing them that you genuinely care. And I just love it because that's the basis of communities and schools, connecting students with caring adults and because like a lot of the caring, the students that we work with may not have somebody that they feel is that person in their life. And so we come in and, and we do that not only with our staff, but also with these amazing volunteers like you and your wife. So it touches my heart so much to be continuously reminded about the impact that we are making through these stories because it chokes me up too. Um, uh, you you made a very important point. I want to come back to it. My wife, myself, we couldn't do any of this if there wasn't the structure set up by communities and schools. And and I I want to I want to especially make that point in this conversation that that you provide the avenues that we can become involved. Yes, could could I go over and and work with students? Yes, but just the just the difficulty in trying to put that together to get into the school first, then to come up with a student, then to do all these things. Um, communities and schools have given us, provided that avenue for us to walk down and to walk down with other students. So I think, I hope that that message comes out uh, to others when they're listening to this. I, I think it is. And we're happy to be that bridge and to help provide you with that pathway to walk, to connect you and your passions with the kids who are needing those uh, those things so that they can, you know, sure. have a change in their life. So thank you for sharing that that with us. And it's great feedback. So we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with a second serving of Letters from the Lunchroom. So stay tuned. All right. So welcome back. As part of our show, we ask each one of our guests to write a letter to the students that we serve. The only thing that we give them in regards to guidelines is just that it really must come from the heart. So without further ado, here is our star volunteer, Jim Edwards, reading a letter to CIS students everywhere. Greetings. Have you ever dreamt of having an amazing equalizer for your future life? For those of you that dream of playing professional football, just the thought of a magic equalizer that would help develop tremendous strength, 
agility, and body structure that would allow you to be a great running back or lineman would thrill you. For those that dream of being a pro basketball or having a pro basketball career would truly be excited if there was that magic equalizer that would help you gain a foot in height and agility needed to go with it. Or for those of you who would love to live the life of a professional golfer, just thinking that there could be a magic equalizer that would provide the gift of patience, ultimate hand-eye coordination, and body flexibility that would allow you to play the Masters. That would be a thrill. Well, those are all dreams, and dreams that you should follow with commitment, if you desire. You need to know. You need to do so, though, knowing that there are really no magic equalizers to help enhance your sports life. You do have available, though, something that can be a true equalizer in your life, and that is your free public education. With it, you can help provide a future for not only you, but your family. It is a magic pill of sort, or maybe a true gift that you should take advantage of and maximize your opportunities. It can and will be an amazing equalizer for you and your future if you let it be. I love that. That was such a different take than a lot of the other letters and what they've been bringing to the lunchroom. Thank you. And I'm grateful for that. I love the focus on the importance of the education system and, and recognizing that. So one of the questions that I like to ask people after they've finished up their letter and reading it on air is how did that make you feel to read it out loud? Um, well, not much really after, because I've read it, I've read it several times before I read to you. Um, <laughs> I, I do hope that, that if there are youth that are, that listen to this, that we really are, we do have an excellent public education system and, they really need to take advantage of of whatever it can provide to them. Uh, we all, I mean, we see the statistics uh, with the recent NCAA uh, Final Four championship taking place, and the NCAA ran several ads, at least I know I saw it several times watching the games, about the number of athletes that will really reach that pro status. Uh, doesn't matter what the sport is. And so they try to also reinforce um that education that is that is a lifetime and even even those that do reach the pros um might have some problems that that come up with injuries and so a, a good education really is and can be a true equalizer for people it's only if they take advantage of it though that's so true and i think that a lot of youth because they are re- required to go to high school don't appreciate or recognize how important it is no matter what your future is it doesn't matter if you go into the workforce directly after high school or if you go to tech school or you go into professional sports or you go off to college or you go into the military it doesn't matter what you do the education itself is so important because it's not just important to have that piece of paper um, that says you have a diploma but it's more than the education. It's more than the education. It's it's the skills that you learn, how to balance your time, how to prioritize, how to um, manage your responsibilities, how to navigate working with people who you maybe aren't super excited to work with. Um, 
you know, I'm thinking of like group projects and those are skills that you continue to utilize no matter what you do after high school. You may be on a sports team and playing with teammates who you don't necessarily super love playing with, but you've learned how to navigate those relationships because of your schooling. And you've learned how to prioritize your time and how to balance responsibilities with studies and your personal life and your family life. And you may be also doing like some self-care. It's really all-encompassing. And also, like you said, nothing is really guaranteed. So you know, you may think that you are on one path and then something changes, you get an injury or you're, you get laid off. And then you having that education to fall back on is just really essential. You're right. Uh, I, I often tell people, and and some have mentioned it uh, on, on their own accord when I've told them about the program, or maybe they've been involved with, with uh, uh, certain programs, communities and schools have. And the comment is usually the same. I wish I would have had this when I was in school. Um, I really do. I mean, I, I had what I would consider somewhat a successful life uh, upon my retirement, but would I have had a leg up if I had had a program like Future Now Finance when I was going to school? I think I would have, um, because most of the things I picked up, um, some were some were taught by family, but, but most of it was just picked up just going through life. Um, I think the advantage that that uh, the youth have with that have been able to participate with programs, not only Future Now Finance, um, but also with other programs communities and schools have is that they really can have a leg up. And it's it's I'll add that in with the equalizers that I talked about in my letter. So a side question, what do you think that you would have done differently in your life if you had taken the Future Now Finance program while you were in high school? Um, I, I had a relatively good GPA, so that wouldn't, that wouldn't have affected me. It, it probably would have affected some of the things uh, when I went off to college. Um, I was on my own. I, I, uh, maybe, I, maybe I didn't budget my mon- money wisely. Um, and I really, I didn't, um, uh, I, I didn't have money issues, but could I have, could I have saved more? Could I have, um, made better, uh, decisions? I think in general, yes. So, uh, I think that's why I'd say that it, it would have been good for me. Uh, for me, I would have start, started a retirement account earlier on because I didn't actually start contributing into my retirement account until I was in like my early thirties. And I know that's not the worst, but it's certainly not the best. And so I'm sure that's something that you can appreciate as somebody who is enjoying their retirement, that in order to really be prepared for those times, for that time of your life, um, that you have to, you have to prepare for it. You know, you have to invest in it. You have to start investing in it early. Right. I, I fortunately had, I'll, I'll call my, I'll call it my future uh, now finance person in my life was uh, one of my first, well, was my first boss when I moved here to Topeka in 1982. And uh, he sat me down and is, is we had, we had two retirement accounts, but it wasn't a mandatory thing that you put anything in. And so I remember him sitting down with me and he was the one that said, you know, as much as you can put away and 
he encouraged me. He said, you know, every year when we, if we, if you have an increase in salary, you might just think, do I really need that increase to spend or do I just want to drop it into my retirement account? Which is essentially what I did. Uh, so, but if I hadn't had him, uh, I probably would not have saved as much. I know I wouldn't saved as much. So I, I say that those, even though you might have those individuals in your life, if, if you come to have those earlier through programs such as Future uh, Finance Now, that, or Future Now Finance, then you will, uh, I think you have that leg up. So. Yeah, and absolutely. And look at you sharing that knowledge that you received, because honestly, I had never thought about taking any kind of increase in salary that I had and just, um, instead of just absorbing it and just being like, yeah, I've got more money to spend, but instead dropping it into an investment account. Um, and so I honestly, personally, will probably do that from now on. So thanks, Jim. I, I, I tell all the students, the ones especially that, that don't need the financial help, and they come to me at the very end, and I look down at the bottom of their sheet, and this is how much you have in checking. This is how much I, they have in savings. And I said, do you ever think about maybe just writing yourself a check at the end of every month from your checking account and write everything you have in there and put it into your savings account? I said, you never have a problem. I mean, if you have to get to it, you can. You may be earning a little more interest than you would in your checking account, but if you don't know it's in your check, if you don't know it's there and you don't need it, then you probably aren't going to spend it. So the number that actually turn around and walk back to banking and tell them, I don't know what they do when they get there, but it's, yeah, it's just one of those things that um, uh, earlier they can Absolutely. do it, the, the better off they are. So with that, we are going to take another quick break and then we'll be back with Jim for uh, just a couple of extra credit questions. Okay, Jim. So we like to wrap up each episode with the opportunity for our guests to earn a little extra credit. Are you ready to answer a few more questions before we let you go? Sure. Okay. First extra credit question is, what is the most recent thing that you remember that made you smile? Um, it was actually working at, at the program in Rossville. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yes. The, the the youth come up with such such great answers at times uh, to questions that I might ask or or just responding to if I say well you know as they're looking at your budget would you have done something different and to to hear what they say those are the ones that probably the latest thing that made me smile oh I love that thank you okay extra credit question number two if you had a superpower what would it be and why. Oh, superpower. It would be to help all youth really believe that they have, can have a strong future. That one doesn't even need an explanation because it is such a good one. The amazing change that it would make in the lives of every student would be just breathtaking. Yep. So. Okay, so your final extra credit question is, what would you tell someone who is interested in getting involved with communities and schools? I'd tell them to do it earlier than later. <laughs> kind of like investing in your retirement fund. <laughs> That's exactly. That's exactly right. 
Uh, I'll expand on that a little. I, it, it is, if, if you like working with youth, you will love it. Um, I did, I, my, uh, work life did not involve that. Um, but I, 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 I really enjoy the youth and, for me, it's 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 also, and I I get a lot out of it. And just as I I said earlier, that you really I walk away saying, you know, there really is a bright future for this country because um, the kids, the youth, uh, are they different than I was? Sure, but was I different than my parents were when they went to school? Sure. So uh, I mean, once once you you get past all of that. And you really listen to them and, and you work with them. Um, it is so gratifying. Indeed. Well, uh, all right, Jim, I do want to thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We appreciate everything you've done. Very glad um, to. And that is it for today's episode. So for more information on Communities and Schools of MidAmerica, please check out our website at cismidamerica.org. Please make sure to also subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media at CIS MidAmerica. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Letters from the Lunchroom. I am your host, Victoria Partridge, and until next time, class is dismissed.